There are several things that I can look back on and definitively say that those things changed the course of my life. For example, decisions and choices I made, unexpected events, simply being in the right place at the right time, and sometimes just plain bad luck. And I'm sure that many of you can say the same thing. But you know, the reality of it is, is this is not all that unusual. Because I can easily point out several different things, even just small things, that have been a defining point and have changed the course of human history. In fact, I believe that we are at one of those points even now. But if you want to know more, then listen to this episode, which is called One Simple Thing Can Change the World. Welcome to the Adventures in Sustainable Living podcast. Your host has lived an off-grid, sustainable lifestyle for over 20 years. His homestead is run on solar energy. He has an earth shelter greenhouse and produces much of his own food. And all of this takes place in the middle of the forest in Colorado. Now, let's join Patrick, the man that not only teaches the skills of sustainable living, but lives that life every day. Welcome back, everyone, to the Adventures in Sustainable Living podcast. This is your host, Patrick, and this is episode 63, One Simple Thing Can Change the World. You know, sometimes I think that I focus too much on the bad side, the bad news. But today, I want to bring you good news in sort of an interesting way, in that I want to share with you one simple thing that can make a huge difference. And sometimes one simple thing can change the entire course of our lives and even alter human history. Throughout history, there are numerous events, ideas and innovations that have literally changed the course of the world or perhaps resulted in a major disaster, improved or worsened the fate of mankind or even saved countless lives. So I'd like to give you several examples of that very thing. I dare say that 95% of the world's population has no interest whatsoever in what happens on the baseball diamonds in the United States. So take Babe Ruth, for example, who is one of the greatest American baseball icons. Little, if anything at all, would have been altered in the events of the world if Babe had never made it out of the amateurs. Yet in 1947, Fidel Castro came to the United States and attended the tryout camp of the Washington Senators. He was reputed to have a blazing fastball. However, Mr. Castro never earned a spot on the big league roster and returned to Cuba to pursue a career in politics. That event changed the history of the world as he later emerged as one of the most significant leaders in world history. Castro started a socialist revolution and rose to be the charismatic leader of Cuba. He even outlasted nine U.S. presidents and certainly no other ex-baseball player has so dramatically affected the lives and the fortunes of millions of people. 
The fate of the Titanic may have in fact been much different if it had not been for one forgetful sailor. Second officer David Blair was removed from the ship's roster at the last minute. When he left the ship, he forgot to hand over the key to the locker in the crow's nest that contained the binoculars. And after the Titanic sunk, one of the surviving lookouts, Frederick Fleet, stated that with those binoculars, the collision with the iceberg could have been prevented. The unsinkable Titanic could have had a completely different history. And certainly, in our modern age, I think it is fair to say that most of us pay very little attention to the magnetic compass. With modern GPS and Google Maps, a compass is the last thing that most people would even consider using. Yet this simple invention altered human history. It was by far one of the greatest inventions and the most important tools for navigation. Because before the compass, people navigated using only the stars, the patterns of migrating birds, and even waves. And sailors often avoided the open ocean for fear of getting lost. But about in the year 200 BCE, the Han Dynasty in China produced the very first magnetic compass. The magnetic needle was attached to a piece of cork or wood which was floated freely in a dish of water. It was in 1050 that the compass was first used for navigation and by the 14th century the magnetic compass widely replaced astronomical means as the primary instrument of navigation. Explorers now had a reliable means to traverse, to traverse the oceans which sparked the beginning of the Age of Discovery. So we fast forward hundreds of years and by the 1980s the US military released the Global Positioning System to the general public, also known as GPS. And now we can map every part of the planet. Prior to the internet, there is nothing that did more to disseminate information and knowledge than the Johannes Gutenberg printing press. Gutenberg developed his press in 1440, which used a mold to rapidly produce lead alloy typepieces, and this press made it possible to produce as many as 3,600 pages in a day. And by the year 1500, there were over 1,000 presses operating in Europe, which produced over 200 million books by 1600. The Gutenberg Press made books affordable for the lower class and helped to start the Age of Enlightenment. Now, as far as scientific and medical developments are concerned, I don't think anyone can argue that the development of vaccinations changed the course of human history. Although the use of vaccines dates back hundreds of years, it was noted in, the seven, in 17th century China that immunity to smallpox was conferred by smearing a tear in the skin with cowpox. But actually, Edward Jenner is credited as being the founder of modern vaccinology, 
because he inoculated a 13-year-old boy with cowpox and then demonstrated immunity to smallpox. The first smallpox vaccine was developed in 1798 and throughout the 18th and 19th century, the use of mass smallpox immunizations culminated in the eradication of smallpox in 1979. Plague vaccines were also developed in the late 19th century and the development of viral tissue culture methods in the 1950s to 1985 led to the development of two types of polio vaccines. So from printing presses to vaccines, baseball careers that never got off the ground, sinking ships, and the discovery of magnetism, it is truly the little things that can change the world. And certainly the COVID-19 pandemic is yet another example of a defining point in human history. But I do think that such simple things are a reminder to us that we are not in as much control as we think. Because sometimes Mother Nature has a mind of her own, climate change and recent disastrous events in the United States is a testament to that very thing. But you know, humans have always been a major influence on the affairs of the world, both political and natural. And some would question just what the world is coming to these days. But as I have said before, the world is not coming to anything more than it's always been coming to. And as Simon Anholt once said, the only thing that is different is that we now have the power to take all of nature down with us. But the interesting thing, as you may well know, part of what influences our lives and even changes the course of our lives is the choices that we make. And the same is true with the fate of the world. Not only do we have the technology to take all of nature down with us, we have the technology to save the planet. And some of this technology could actually do just that. It is more than obvious that we have to change what we were doing if we are to save our planet. And there are some very interesting innovations that could do just that. And fortunately for all of us, there seems to be a much greater push for sustainable products and technology these days. And that is what I want to focus on, is some incredible examples of sustainable technology that could actually save our world. For example, the smog-free project. Air pollution has long been linked to numerous health problems. It can damage cells in your respiratory system. It can exacerbate cardiovascular and respiratory illnesses. It can accelerate the aging of your lungs, reduce lung capacity and function, and even cause you to develop asthma, bronchitis, emphysema, and possibly even cancer. And certainly it has been shown to shorten your lifespan. And unfortunately, air pollution seems to be a product of our industrialized world. But one company may have found an answer. A man named Don Rosengard has produced the world's first smog vacuum cleaner. 
This so-called smog tower is about seven meters high or about 23 feet. It sucks in and cleans polluted air through a process of ionization and the tower is able to clean 30,000 cubic meters of air per hour and these compressed smog particles can actually be converted to jewelry. Mr. Rosengard's design has won multiple awards and new projects have been launched in Poland, Mexico, the Netherlands, China, and South Korea. And certainly these days, I think that we're all aware that our residences and businesses are responsible for a large portion of our greenhouse gas emissions and for consumption of massive amounts of electricity. In fact, residences and businesses are responsible for about 35-40% to 40 of our greenhouse gas emissions, but the Green Building Initiative is working on changing that. Now, this is a relatively interesting business which is actually turning into an international effort towards creating resource-efficient buildings for the sake of sustainability. It is sort of similar to producing a net-zero home, which I have mentioned before, and this is a home that produces as much energy as it consumes. The Green Building Initiative has a goal of establishing a standard of best practices for green building globally. Did you ever think that you would hear about robotic bees? Now I am sure that most of us have heard about the steady decline of the population in honeybees and a lot of this is the result of the use of pesticides. And while there are reasons for their use, pesticide residue is commonly found on many plants and this plays a significant role in the decline of honeybee populations. But this decline can also be attributed to pests, disease, pollution, nutritional deficits, habitat loss, climate variability, as well as many other factors. Now the problem is that bees play an important part in almost every aspect of a healthy ecosystem. They support the growth of trees, flowers, and plants, which of course serves as a source of food and shelter. So very simply put, bees are a vital link in a complex, interconnected ecosystem that enables multiple species to coexist. And depending on the sources that you read, there have been a decline in bee populations by as much as 60 to 90 percent. But a recent innovation in robotics may actually change all of that. There is this little device that's called a bee droid or RoboBee. Now these are still in development but these are tiny little robots that eventually will be able to pollinate plants. And the vision is that a swarm of small autonomous robots which have the ability to identify and pollinate crops effectively. And while having these robotic bees does not really address the impact that our agricultural activities have on our planet, there are other people who are working on that very thing. Because we already know that our agricultural activities are by far 
one of the most detrimental things on the planet as far as affecting the environment. But that could start changing. Because recent innovations are now revealing means of agriculture that are far more sustainable. For example, there is a Dutch supermarket chain that actually has an in-store herb garden in order to reduce waste and give customers the freshest possible produce. So the herbs are grown on a local farm, then transported completely intact to the local stores, and customers can cut as many sprigs as they need without buying prepackaged produce. So this is a very simple, sustainable initiative with far-reaching implications. But of course, the best thing you can do is to grow your own at home. And then there are projects such as the Sundrop Farms in Australia. This is a sustainable agricultural project using concentrated solar power and thermal desalination as a means of using much fewer resources than traditional farming. This farm is located in Port Augusta, South Australia, and irrigation water is drawn from Spencer Gulf, which is desalinated and used to irrigate crops. It is run entirely off of solar power. In fact, in a combination of technologies, using the integration of solar power, electricity generation, fresh water production, and hydroponics, and with this integrated approach, it results in the production of fresh produce without the use of fossil fuels, enormous amounts of fresh water, and thousands of acres of cultivated farmland. And because they do not need soil, they are able to grow produce on degraded, arid land that would otherwise never be used for agriculture. And speaking of dry, arid land, there is about 1% of our planet that is essentially uninhabitable due to extreme heat. And it is estimated that by the year 2070, that will increase to nearly 19%. And what most people do not realize is that for much of human history, people have lived in areas where food was abundant due to a surprisingly narrow range of temperatures. But according to a study published in the Proceedings of National Academy of Sciences, our planet may see an increase in temperature in the next 50 years that is greater than any seen in the last 6,000 years. But what that means is there will be a huge increase in the formation of more deserts where there is little water and the inability to cultivate plants. But one man may have found an, found an answer to that, and it is called the Groasis water box. This little water box was invented by a Dutch flower exporter named Peter Hoff. It is made of recycled paper and can germinate seeds, incubate saplings, and water plants. It uses 90% less water than traditional growing methods, and with this device it's now possible to plant trees, vegetables, shrubs, and flowers in the desert. This little device has the potential to play an important role in reforestation, erosion mitigation, 
production of food and, wa food and wood and certainly provides the means of preventing the further formation of more desert territory. And yet, while we are trying to find innovative ways to produce more food, in the United States alone, it is estimated that 35 to 40% of our food goes to waste. This is a combination of waste throughout the entire supply chain from the farmer to the supermarket. And additionally, most people waste as much as two pounds of food per day. And one of the means of reducing food waste in the supply chain is of course to use chemical food preservatives. And we already know that many of those chemical preservatives have been linked to numerous health problems. But there is an Italian startup company that's called Green Code that produced a product called Demetra. And this is an all-natural treatment for food preservation. It is made from 100% plant extracts. It can increase the shelf life of produce and in an all-natural way. And with Demetra, produce would no longer have to be kept on refrigeration during shipment, which would save a tremendous amount of energy. And additionally, the produce would stay fresher for longer periods of time, which would reduce food waste at the supermarket. And speaking of eating food, one of the most wasteful practices that I, has, that I see on a regular basis is the use of various disposable products, especially something such as plastic cutlery. Most places where I work have boxes and boxes of these things and I get around it by carrying a set of my own stainless steel camping utensils. But I truly do not know if anyone else does that sort of thing and it is such an easy way to reduce the amount of waste that we produce. But that said, there are numerous manufacturers of edible cutlery. So what this means is that you can eat with it and then you can eat it. And if you decide not to eat it, then these products are completely biodegradable. Now there are various products on the market and some are made from sugarcane and others are made from a combination of wheat, oats, corn, and even brown rice. And some come with various flavors and others are completely neutral. You know, I think it's pretty safe to say that most of us at this point in time have a concept that a source of sustainable power is a significant step toward a climate neutral future. And there are numerous options for this to happen, but one of the more promising things, besides wind and solar of course, is the use of biomethane, which is also known as biogas. Biogas is essentially a byproduct of many waste materials Things such as animal slurry or manure, dairy waste, pruning and plantation residues, sewage sludge, industrial byproducts, and many types of wastewater. And this type of gas has a variety of applications, but it's easy, it can easily be used to power vehicles instead of gasoline. And it can also be used as an alternative to natural gas without any sort of conversion of equipment. And presently, there are eight large-scale businesses in the United States that are developing and promoting the use of biogas. 
So one last thing that I really want to mention, and that is the development of alternative animal feeds. Because we already know that our agricultural activities are one of the primary drivers of climate change. And unfortunately, most of the farmland is not actually used to produce food for human consumption. It is used for the production of animal feeds. So for example, 85 to 99% of all soybeans produced go into animal feed. And furthermore, soybean production tends to promote deforestation. But now there are a number of companies putting a lot of work into developing and scaling up alternative protein sources in order to replace those with increased environmental risk. And one company in the UK is actually producing black soldier flies to go into animal feed and those flies are fed on food waste from local businesses. So what I have tried to do in this episode is to simply point out how one small thing can have a significant impact not only on our lives but also on the planet. And when our planet truly approaching the point of crisis, some of the technological advances that are the most beneficial are those that reduce our impact on the environment. And the examples I have here are really truly only a small selection of the variety of things that I discovered. But at one end of the spectrum, we truly have the ability to ruin our world and take all of nature down with us. But on the other end of that spectrum, we also possess the ability to change all of that and produce a much brighter and sustainable future. There is no doubt that the changes in our environment and in our planet are going to get worse before it gets better. But the only way that is going to change is that if we all become more committed to that change than what we are to our comfort zone. And as I pointed out in my last episode, pick one, all you have to do is choose one habit that you want to change to something more sustainable and go from there. There is no doubt that great changes are ahead of us, whether we like it or not. And as the great teacher and spiritual leader Deepak Chopra once said, all great changes are preceded by chaos. All it takes is one thing. And who would have ever thought that one single teenager, Greta Thunberg, would get the attention of the entire world. This is your host, Patrick, signing off until next week. Always remember to live sustainably because this is how we build a better future.